Radio Vermont, WDEV, takes no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the House Calls Vermont show host or their guests. The information provided during the House Calls Vermont show is offered only as a public service and should not be used as a substitute for obtaining any professional advice from a licensed professional. WDEV presents House Calls Vermont with host Jim Bradley and Chris West. Each week, a new topic specific to building or renovating in the Green Mountains and your telephone calls. Brought to you by RK Miles, a third-generation family-owned business proud to be your local building material supplier. Find a location near you at rkmiles.com. By Poly Construction. For over 30 years, known for anything construction, big or small jobs, one call does it all. Polyconstruction.com. By Ken Libby of the Stowe Area Realty Group at Keller Williams Stowe, your trusted advisor at 802-793-2002. By Curtis Lumber with two locations in Vermont, Williston and Burlington. Request a quote for your next project online at curtislumber.com. Buy sticks and stuff in Swanton Lumber with locations in St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton, Derby, and Middlesex. Buy Shamrock Painting, painting and custom wood finishing, shamrockpainting.com. Buy Matt Clark's Northern Basement Systems for all things basementy, northernnefoundations.com. Buy Wytha Windows, Wytha Windows, high-performance high-performance windows. You can call them and find them at withawindows.com. Your participation today is encouraged. Call the listener line with questions at 802-244-1777 or toll-free at 1-877-291-8255. Now, House Calls Vermont with Jim and Chris. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Chris West, and I'm here with my friend uh, remotely today, Jim Bradley. Hey, hello, everybody. Um, welcome, uh, and Happy New Year. I mean, we did have two weeks off. We had, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, Christmas and then New Year's. Those happened to, to both fall on a Saturday, so we were out uh, celebrating instead of uh, here with you. But we're back with, with a passion, the passion that we have for building science. Um, this year, uh, we have started that indoor air quality study. Just want to give you a quick update on that. Um, I just picked up the first two units from two people who had them for the past three weeks. Weeks and we'll be downloading that data and moving on to getting it to the next group of people. If you are interested in participating in our indoor air quality survey, send us an email to housecallsvt at gmail.com. That's housecallsvt at gmail.com. We'll put you on the list and hopefully get that into you. Uh, I did want to announce, um, due to COVID restrictions, the uh, Better Building by Design Conference, which is an annual building science conference that's held by Efficiency Vermont, is being put 
postponed till April. Usually it's the first week of February, but we got an email this week. They're going to be postponing it. So builders out there, you still have an opportunity to sign up and, and participate in the April uh, rescheduled one. And for regular homeowners, this is a great place to go and learn about um, building science. Uh, get to know builders in your area. Hear uh, stuff, uh, information about building science from Efficiency Vermont experts and from building science experts from around the country and around the world. And uh, so, Jim, uh, you had a very, very um, interesting day. Uh, was it yesterday, the day before, where you were uh, testifying once again in front of the Senate? Why don't you uh, fill us in on that? Yeah, it was actually two days ago. And um, what it was regarding, uh, the, if you listen to the governor's address, uh, his State of the State address earlier in the week, he was addressing things. One of the more important things is the middle-income or the missing middle, the middle-income homeownership uh, dilemma that we have throughout the state. Um, we've done a lot in the state to address low-income, and that's been great. You know, and we're also, I think there's another $50 million, $60 million being um, appropriated for rehabbing old uh, hotels um, for the homeless to get people in there and also people who, who aren't able to get regular rental units, and so that's going forward. But what we need to understand is the people who actually do the work in those buildings and also the people who do work across the spectrum of all financial areas when it comes to uh, building homes of different expense um, are you know, usually your middle-income people. And for those workers to find homes, and also first responders, also fire firemen, um, police people, police per- persons, um, health care workers, things like that, uh, teachers, um, small business owners, trying to find an affordable house right now, not just an affordable house, but a house that is affordable to them. Um, is the Right, not, not what the government's saying is affordable, but is actually out-of-pocket affordable long-term for people. Exactly. And, you know, some people are still using this old metric, though, it's a $300,000 home. Try to find somewhere in Chittenden County, Lamoille County, beyond, that you're going to be able to find a home brand new that's being built with all in, with land and everything else, that's going to be under $500,000. So for most, even in two-income families, that becomes really challenging. What we are also seeing is that with mortgage rates already um, forecasted to rise in the coming year, because the Fed has already said they're going to raise interest rates at least three times during the course of this coming year, or a total of about three-quarters of a point. Yeah, to fight inflation, right? That's part of what the Fed does. They're seeing inflation. They're going to increase interest rates, which is going to hit us all. But and when that does that to fight inflation, it actually makes the cost of money to borrow more, it more expensive, is, yeah. more, more expensive. Yeah. So it's still going up. And so with that, that's going to be affecting your pocketbook. At the same time, and this was my concern back in the pandemic, as we saw that you know prices were going up on materials because of their availability and transportation and everything else with the supply chain. I said, you know, the one good thing is is that labor rates have not started to climb yet. But I saw that was going to be happening, and that's where we are. We're seeing significant increases in the cost of just just hiring regular laborers uh, in in the in the workforce. I know for in the construction field, if you can find a, a just a non-skilled labor to come in and start with your company for under twenty dollars an hour, I'd be shocked. And that was that was fifteen dollars an hour before the pandemic. Yeah, fifteen or even a little less. Now yeah. it's twenty to twenty-five, and yeah. we heard of one builder that was offering thirty-four dollars an hour if you'll just show up and be consistent. That's how desperate. Some so an unskilled entry-level con- carpenter job. Yes, exactly. And so with that, you know, the opportunity for somebody in the trades is great. You know, it, it's there. The work is there. The work. The work load is not slowing down. Nope. And with everything, 
all these price factors going up from labor to materials to the mortgage, you know, cost of mortgages that are going to be going up across the board that these things are rising. How do we keep housing affordable or are we going to have this continually growing gap in between really expensive homes and really just low cost where, you know, it's just a challenging housing stock? And, and how do we get these energy efficient measures and durability measures that Chris and I talk about all the time to ensure that they're going to stay in place? That's the real struggle. And so the, what they're looking to do, there's, there's certain programs that they're looking to implement, um, through the legislative uh, initiatives to help make middle-income housing more affordable. But no matter how much money you throw at something, it's not going to be functional if you don't have the parts and pieces to put in place, like the materials and the people who put those materials in place. The builders. (laughs) The builders. And so that's why it's just really, really important that we can continue to have this discussion. And workforce development is one of those big key issues that are going to be coming to the forefront again. But the thing is, we've known about this. For 25 years, we've said the baby boomer generation is aging, and they're going to be sunsetting and getting out of the workforce. And we saw that happening before the pandemic. And it has accelerated during the pandemic and thereafter um, to where we see people retired early. And now it's been estimated nationally, I just saw this this morning, that 4 million people are leaving the workforce month over month since July of 2021. That's 4 million people a month. 90% of those are 55 and above. Overall, since the pandemic began around three years ago, um, of all the people who have left the workforce, 70% of those were 55 and older. So we're seeing this large, as I said, exodus, if you will, from the workforce of that top end of the age bracket of our workforce, which are still very viable individuals, plenty of wisdom, plenty of knowledge, but they've gone on. And so we're not seeing the backfill of younger individuals who are looking to take on those jobs, learn a trade, learn a skill, and to be able to be paid well for it. And so we just have not seen that that backfilling of, of those job roles. And so as an employer, you've got to be really creative. You've got to be really forward-thinking and to be able to offer not just higher pay because that, that battle you can't always win because someone's always going to give somebody another dollar or a dime or whatever more an hour and take that person away. You have to have a robust program of apprenticeship, education, worth in the company, a long-term career uh, goal, and that's something that a, a person, a worker, would want to be invested in because yep. they see the value in it. And so part of what we do here and what we're trying to achieve, and Dwight, we're going to have a guest today, Dwight DeCoster from OEO, um, and he is going to be talking about the weatherization program that the state offers and how they go about hiring people um, and their career uh, path that they offer. And it, it basically allows people to get invested in resource preservation, in the, you know, greening the planet and making sure that we're doing the right thing. We're not just building something that's not going to last for more than five to 10 years without major repairs. And, and so, and when you talk about resource preservation, I just want to clarify, we're talking about when our houses are a, an inventory. When we build a house, we're creating an inventory. I was talking to a, a potential client the other day, and uh, I did some energy modeling on the house, really super insulated and really energy efficient and really durable compared to a code house. And the woman was like, well, the actual day-to-day cost isn't that much different. Why don't I just buy build this not very good house? And I said, because you're creating inventory for everyone. When you build a new house, you're creating something that's going to be there hopefully for 100 years plus. And if you build something that's not very energy efficient, when propane is $8 a gallon in 10 years, who knows what might happen, that is going to be an unaffordable house to live in. So 
that inventory part, I just want to clarify that that's really about the housing stock and making sure it's durable and energy efficient. And towards that, we have a disposable mindset in our society. Yep. It is, you know, get get what's new, get what's shiny, and then throw it away. Then that creates the firestorm that then we try to figure out how to put this fire out. Instead of the principle that we've learned from early on, all farmers know this, seed time and harvest. You take the time to sow this, prep the ground appropriately, sow the seed appropriately, tend it, and expect a harvest later on that will give you more seed for the next harvest. If our society doesn't take that fundamental paradigm shift to return to what works, then we're going to have these flash-in-the-pan type of, of situations all the time, and we're going to have to reinvest the same expensive capital again and again and again, hoping for different results. Last time I heard that, that type of initiative being done was called futility because we're expecting different results with the same methodology. So yep. we have to be able to take the time to invest in our workforce, to invest in our individuals, to make sure they're there to build the houses that we need at an affordable price and to make sure that they last so we don't have force back to the you know the manufacturers to replace all these de- destroyed materials because they deteriorated too quickly and then we have something that's going to remain that's yeah. the, the message that we have to get across so this is all uh playing right now in the state house and one of the things that we're often asking you as listeners is to get involved in understanding what the senate and the the house uh the are, are talking about here at the state house um this is all you know, developing as we speak, we've got piles of money flying in from the feds. Um, and we want to make sure that that is well, that invested in, a, in a, a responsible and good way that will get us long-term benefits and not just the, the stopgap short-term benefits that we've been experiencing for, ge- you know, generations here. Um, we are well, coming Chris, up on a, f- that. Well, Chris, well yeah. Chris, you just said that. I just want to, not to park from that yet. You said, don't just spend it invest it yep. because if we just get this money and spend it write that check and it's gone we have nothing to show for it so even in this middle um the missing middle uh housing initiative they want to make sure that yes they can not just gift money to somebody right. to get into a house but how does that resource remain in the pool for the next person who's going to live there the next person who needs that house that is affordable to them in their pocketbook that's the real Ask. So we don't want to just have a program that just takes this pile of money that was sent to us by – it was brought by the stork, I think, and just dumped in the state and said, now spend it and then do it wisely and then not have anything to show for it except for a big debt on the other side. Yep. We have to make sure it's invested, not just spent. So uh, we're coming up on our first break. Uh, uh, I just want to throw a number out there, 802-244-1777. Call with your question about you know how things are going in your house. Have you noticing uh, changes in comfort? Are you noticing drafts you weren't noticing before? Are you having icicles? Give us a call and share your thoughts. Or if you're planning on fixing something in your house that has to do with the outside show, has to do with windows, has to do with your heating system, um, please give us a call at that 802 802- um, two four four one seven 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 number. And when we come back from the break, we'll, we have uh, Dwight DeCoster from the Champlain Value Office of Economic Opportunity, and we'll be talking about weatherization and workforce development. So after the break, Christmas Eve then and now by Wythe Windows. Christmas Eve then. And Mama and her kerchief and I and my cap had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. Tighten up that kerchief. It's going to be a cold one. It's that nasty draft from the window that's to blame. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. 
Hurry, I think I see something. It's stuck. And Christmas Eve now. Look, it's Santa. What a clear, unobstructed view we get through our white windows. Quick, tilt it open. Hey, Santa, it's Jim. Those are some good-looking white tilt-and-turn windows. I know. Eight locking points keep them air and watertight, and they're made in New Jersey. That's my next stop. I have a new guitar for the boss. I heard him exclaim, and he drove out of sight. White windows for all, for a house cozy and tight. White windows, high-performance passive house windows and doors. Online at WITHEWindows.com. Hey everybody, this is Chris West for House Calls Vermont. I'm here with my remotely calling in colleague, uh, Jim Bradley. <laughs> Hello, everybody. And uh, welcome to the show, uh, Dwight DeCoster. Dwight is the director of the Champlain Valley Office of Economic Opportunity Weatherization Services. Welcome, Dwight. Hey, Chris. Hey, Jim. How are you doing this morning? Doing fine. Glad you could make it. Um, I actually wanted to start this off. I, I got my um, my Green Mountain Power uh, bill the other day, um, which is getting lower because I have uh, photovoltaics now, although they're not producing very much because it's winter. Um, and I got a, a, a letter from Dwight, uh, not directly, um, but it is from the Champlain Valley um, Office of Economic Opportunity talking about sharing a little warmth. So there's, there's a, a, a program where you can help donate money to the CE, CVOEO and other OEOs throughout the state to help finance the weatherization uh, work that they do, which is very good work. And, and we'll, we'll dive in a bit deeper as to exactly what that is. But I just wanted to point out that, that, uh, you're in my mind there, Dwight, and, uh, and I'll be, uh, sending a, a donation on, uh, to help with that from my point of view. We appreciate that, Chris. So, Dwight, if you could, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us a little bit about what your program is, what it does, and everything else. That would help our listeners out quite a bit, I think. Uh, yep. Well, I am the director of Champlain Valley Weatherization Services, a program of CBOEO. And uh, our number one mission is to weatherize our low-income Vermont neighbors' homes uh, it initially started as an anti-poverty program 40 years ago. Yep, the program has been doing weatherization for 40 years now. And uh, so it started as an anti-poverty program. It was to put more money back into the pockets of uh, Vermonters with low income. Um, and in the last 10 years, it has really taken on the anti-carbon, uh, uh, <clears throat> helping the climate out, reducing carbon um, not bent, yep. but uh, mission and uh, and we are we we uh, reduce by air sealing insulating uh, we are an implementer of efficiency Vermont's electrical program um, so we we get an average of 30 to 40 percent reduction in a home's uh, energy usage and and we reduce their uh, you know, out-of-pocket expenses by 30 to 40 percent as well. Um, I came to the program kind of roundabout. I was uh, a home builder back in the 90s. Uh, I worked for Condor Post and Beam in the Northwoods Joinery Building, high-end Post and Beam. And uh, my second kid was on the way and needed a job with benefits, so I started working for the State of Vermont Office of Economic Opportunity, who is our main funder for the program. I worked sure. there for six years, and then 9/11 hit. 
and I came back to the program and uh, after retiring from the guard six years ago. So that's me. And uh, specifically, I mean, one of the uh, I love the history. I mean, I did not know that it was originally set up as anti-poverty, but that makes sense because by weatherizing, weatherizing houses, we're reducing the the uh, fuel burden, right, uh, on on people. We have a, a program in the state called LIHEAP, right, the the uh, low income heat assistance program, and that is, I think, something twenty five million dollars a year, um, where they go out and they give money to low income Vermonters, our neighbors, who are making the hard choice between heating their house and eating, right? They're making these hard economic choices because when fuel prices get high and they're and you're already in an economic uh, you know, hardship situation, this can really make you make some hard choices. So LIHEAP is out there as a stopgap measure. But as I have said in the past, and I th- but first of all, before I say this, I'm going to say I'm glad that LIHEAP is there. It's necessary. But it is literally burning money. Right. You're literally giving money to people to heat their inefficient houses, which is uh, we have to do it because otherwise these people are, are, you know, living in houses that are unlivable. They're, They're too cold or they're deciding not to eat. So we don't want that. But the, the uh, CVOEO and the other OEOs throughout the state are specifically there to help weatherization for uh, our, our low-income neighbors. Uh, can you explain a little about how that works and what the thresholds are? Uh, the threshold is about 200% of the federal poverty limit. So for Burlington area, for single residents, that's, it depends, but it's mid-35,000 uh, right in that area. Um, and depending on the county you're in, and it goes with each additional family member, that uh, rises. So we go off federal poverty limit. Um, it's the easiest way to determine that. Um, if you, you mentioned the fuel assistance program, the LIHE program. If you are a fuel assistance recipient, you are automatically qualified for the weatherization services. You just oh, want to get nice. what you were talking about before, Chris, about fuel assistance. We were at a home the other day. Uh, with the state inspector who comes and checks 10% of our work, Zach Green. And Zach and I were talking with the homeowner. And in previous years, they were weatherized this past summer. It was a mobile home. And in previous years, they were receiving, they were coming to the fuel deliver, was filling their tank up about every six weeks. And they were putting 225 gallons of fuel every six weeks in that tank. The bills that they had received, the two fill-ups they had this winter, one was for 100 gallons and one was for 110 gallons. There you go. So in that fill-up on the 100-gallon one, was $3.99 for kerosene. So that was a $399 bill. So if you extrapolate that out, we saved this particular client. Uh, most importantly, we're saving them about 100 gallons of fuel oil, roughly. But also, we're putting $400 a month back in their pocket that they would have just normally spent on staying warm. And as you know, in Vermont, Warmth is not an option. It's a matter of life and death. So. That's right. That's right. We, but, we, we, but with that, Dwight, yep. here's the other consideration that, that I, Chris and I hit on all the time is that's a fuel savings. That's a comfort improvement, certainly. But it's also a resource, as you've mentioned. I've, I've, I've been using this phrase because I, I, I didn't know how to coin it uh, or classify it completely until you said resource preservation. Yep. You're pre- preserving the resources because you're not allowing them, because of heat loss and condensation, to deteriorate the building, destroy the materials that have to be replaced. Plus, 
you're making a healthier living environment, which decreases healthcare costs for the individuals because they're not living in such a toxic environment. I, I think that just needs to always be considered. It's hard to quantify what those totals are, but it's definitely a savings even beyond the fuel cost. And uh, I just want to put it out there as well, just the relief of the stress of not knowing yes. if you're going to be able to pay for your fuel. I mean, sure. we need we need our, our the people who are helping with it, with uh, this this program to have a job and go out and work and and not have the worries of you know whether or not they're going to be able to pay for food that evening for their family to be weighing on them the whole time. So we're you're just I cannot stress enough how important the work you're doing and the other other OEOs are, are doing to help not just the the physical state but the mental state of of uh, of these. Uh, you know, members of our society, our neighbors who are in, in hard times. We've been working very hard over the past five to 10 years, uh, working with a number of organizations um, to quantify the health benefits of what we're doing and primarily in the reduction of asthma and like COPD and heart failure. Those are, you know, some of the largest differences we're making both in reduced hospital visits and reduced emergency room visits. And more importantly, in my mind, is reduced missed school days, which, you know, we talk about what's going on today. And, you know, we need kids in school every possible day they can get, not suffering from an asthma attack and having to stay home. Yep. Yep. These are the ancillary benefits of, of this type of work. And one of the things that, that when I was uh, doing some work earlier this year for the home builders, um, I was speaking with, with uh, Dwight. Uh, and one of the other benefits um, of uh, having a program like this is – oh, well, sorry. I just locked my train of thought. Jim? <laughs> no, I was going to ask this. Um, the, the eligibility. So we, we know the income eligibility. And a lot of our listeners That's out there you know, have, have listened to Chris and myself for the last year and a half at least um, and uh, – basically espouse these different concerns that they should address inside their home, how they should weatherize, do it right, and everything else. But they just may not be able to still do it themselves or afford a contractor, and yet because they're on a fixed income or whatever. But basically, we know the income component that you just mentioned. Is there an age limitation? And if there's not an age limitation, you know, do you have to be a person of a certain age to have this happen or the services to tap into these? And also, if you need to tap into these, what are where's some of the locations? So I know it's not just one entity throughout the state. My understanding is there's five, correct? Yes, there are. Well, there's actually six now. Um, six. I'll, talk, I'll hit that in a minute. But um, So we do not have an age requirement, either high or low. We do prioritize by need. And if you're elderly over the age of 65, you get some extra points. If there's children in the home under the age of five, you get some extra points. Um, sure. and it's on a priority, uh, weatherization assistance priority list. And so we're trying to hit are trying to serve those folks that are the most needy, the elderly, the families with children. Uh, if there's a high energy burden, and you know, which we also give some points for people that are on the waiting list because yes, there is a waiting list. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you if you're in Franklin, Addison, Grand Isle, in Franklin, Addison, Grand Isle, and Chittenden counties, um, that you're going to be served by CVOEO, and you can go to CVOEO.org. Um, now. Pardon me, I get a little sketchy with the what counties my my. Uh oh, you don't know the shires of Vermont. Come on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, in, if you're in the Northeast Kingdom, um, in the St. Johnsbury and uh, Lindenville area, 
um, in the Newport area, you're going to go to NETO, N-E-T-O, which is the Northeast Employment Training Organization, um, run by my, my friend Shauna Smith and her great crew up there. If you're in central Vermont, you're going to go to Capstone, run by Paul Zabriskie and his crew. Um, yes. If you're in Bennington or Rutland Council, you're going to go to the Brock, B-R-O-C, and that's run by Mark Terrian and his crew. And then Southeast Vermont is com- covered by SEBCA, Southeast Vermont Community Action. Um, and there is also a sixth one, a sixth organization uh, run out of central Vermont that deals strictly with uh, buildings or rental properties, five units or greater. Um, it's called 3D Thermal. It's run right <clears throat> Randy, um, and uh, they're they're a function of Capstone, but they're really a sixth agency. So, so if I remember correctly, wasn't um, Scott Campbell, Representative Scott Campbell, originally a, 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 one of the people working with 3E? Yep, Scott uh, was. Yep, and when he got elected for up in St. Johnsbury, he uh, left the 3E Thermal and good hands, and uh, went off to do his legislative thing. So, yes. So you all, you all, our listeners may remember, uh, we had Scott Campbell on uh, last year talking when the legislature was talking about the workforce development and that was, uh, and the, um, weatherization, uh, legislation. So you all might remember him from that. Um, what I, what, when I had that brain fart just before, what I was thinking about is, uh, I was talking with you earlier about, um, as the state is moving towards developing um, a program for weatherizing um, market rate uh, housing because the, the 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 fixed income and low income stuff is is already being handled by the CBOEO and the other OEOs. Um, you guys have been working for a very long time on making sure that the the weatherization practices that you're teaching people and that you're employing in the field are good. Uh, building science-based pro, uh, uh, systems and that you're not just throwing stuff at it and hoping. You're, you're, you're a, a, a resource in the state because you have been doing these and then checking to see how they're, they're go- working over time. Can you talk a little bit about um, the uh, – I think it was – was the name of the handbook that you sent me that has all of the various practices? That was really an eye-opener for me. You guys have been doing some great work, and I just wanted you to speak a little to that. Yeah, we are, we are basically, um, all of our programs run off what we call the technical manual, tech manual. And that is, the, uh, that is how, really it's our report card, our grade, you know, it's our uh, playbook of how we handle all the situations that we're going to find, whether it be, you know, knee walls, uh, you know, sills, attics downstairs, you know, how we're going to handle each of those situations that we come along with. And our quality control inspectors use that at the end. Well, our crews use it while they, our auditors use it when they're scoping out the work. This is exactly how you're going to do it. Yep. Create the work scope. Our crews, uh, they're trained on it. Uh, they have the training passport. New, all new crew members have three months worth of training. And at the end, we have to prove to the state that we've, you know, train them on the technical manual and they understand it. And then our QCI uses that book to grade the work at the end of the job before it's signed off on. Before I sign off on on anything and build a state, I have a QCI that has said, yep, it's good to go. It meets the technical manual. And then, uh, as I mentioned before, Zach Green, who's the technical monitor from Office of Economic Opportunities, State of Vermont, he uses that to grade our work um, each time he comes to visit, which was 
this past week for me. So I've been in homes and seeing the work this week. Um, I, Dwight, I'm getting a little concerned here. I'm thinking that you're, you're, you're getting really close to that horrible word to be used in Vermont, inspection and verification. Um, I mean, <laughs> the you're, I you're word. Actually, yes, you're, you're actually checking that the work was done appropriately. I mean, my gosh, that's so hard to sell to everybody else, but it's already being done and apparently done successfully. Yeah, um, I, I, we just, unfortunately, I'm going to give a little shout out here. I had a Larry Martell who, uh, has been with CBOEO for 36 years. Wow. He's been doing the work. Wow. He was my quality control inspector. He's the reason that I slept at night because I, you know, my fear is, you know, we do something wrong and we harm somebody's house or more, or even worse, we, we hurt somebody by not doing something right. So sure. Larry, retired after 36 years of very wonderful service to the people of Vermont. And, but I know that my four QCIs that I better replace them. Yep. Took four of them to replace Larry. Wow. <laughs> so my auditors now do quality control inspection at the end. There you and, go. uh, I know that he has trained them well and I can still sleep at night knowing we're doing the right thing because it's not, a, it's not, this is the practices that we use are not, um, stagnant. Um, we learn from, how we do things and we want to use new technology that comes down the road to test and make sure that what we're doing is correct. Um, we use new standards. Like we now have great ventilation standards, which help uh, create a better environment. And we, it's not stable. We have across the state, we have a uh, technical team that meets and reviews those standards, reviews those, the work that we do to ensure that it's a, the proper work, be it as up-to-date as can possibly be, and that we're doing the right thing. So it's, they're not stagnant. They move forward with building science and technology improvements, and uh, we're doing what we can. Yeah, that was one of the points that I was most impressed with. You guys have this technical manual, but you have annual meetings of all of the heads of the OEOs throughout the state, and you review that manual, and you're like, well, we were doing that, but we found these instances where that's not the right thing to do. Let's update the manual uh, and have it conform to what we found in the field. And when uh, the initiative that has been started that, that uh, Efficiency Vermont is running – for the market rate weatherization program that the state is working on putting together that we spoke about last year. That was what was one of the um, things that we spoke with Scott Campbell about. Um, this is a, this is a tried and true uh, system that you guys have. You are doing uh, dozens of homes a year. Each of the C, the, the OEOs are doing, I believe it was dozens of homes a year. And so you have a lot of data that we don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? We don't have to go out and say, well, how do we get 30% to 40% reduction while taking care of indoor air quality, while taking care of the health and, and well-being and safety of the structure and per, and, uh, you know, doing it on a budget. Uh, so I'm, I'm, it's hard to say how how important your guys' work has been in making sure we have good data to implement in the market rate side. I think CDO last year, Chris, CDO did 213 homes. What? I had it so off. <laughs> and, uh, well, that's definitely dozens. It's just really more dozens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 100. 100 dozens. Almost, almost <laughs> 
Well, thank you for correcting that. I, I, I don't know why I, I remembered that wrong, but, um, so can you give us, while we're on that topic, we're about to come up to our second break, but while we're on that topic, um, how many homes does, do the OEOs statewide do overall? I think it was 950 last year. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the number, 950. Yeah, I think that's about right. It was almost a thousand. Yeah. For all of them. Well, I'm Dwight. Doing, uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm supposed to do 300 units this year. <laughs> so. Woohoo! And that's that's yeah. one of the things we talked about last time because, uh, and we'll talk about when we get back from the break, is you're expanding because we need that done, right? And the state is calling for the expansion. But and we'll dive into that um, about what it is you need, what it is you're looking for, and what the program goals are for expansion into the future. Um, and, and also, Chris, when we get back, you know, one of the first things, Dwight, because I know the career opportunities is something really important, I know, for yourself and for us to, to get out there and to let, you know, those potential employees and potential partners in this, that they be part of this program um, for lifelong, I mean, 36 years is anything to sneeze about, <laughs> about for the one person who's been there for Larry a long time. yep. But also, we would like to know what, what should a person expect? You know, what should a potential um, recipient of your services, when you show up, once they fill out the application and you get to the site, you know, what should they expect? And they may be saying, I've got so many things wrong with my house. So, you know, what do your services cover at the same time? So I think when we come back, that'd be a great place to start with the services component and the assessment and then go right into the career opportunities if that works for you. Yep. So, and to our listeners, um, the number is 802-244-1777. We have our guest today, Dwight Kosser from the Champlain Valley Office of Economic Opportunity. He is the, the director of their, uh, weatherization services and, uh, give us a call if you have questions for Dwight or for us, uh, and we'll talk to you after the break. Welcome back to House Calls Vermont. I am Chris West. I'm here with my colleague Jim Bradley, who is remote today. And uh, just want to throw out that number again, 802-244-1777. Give us a call. It is a call-in show. We'd love to hear your questions. And our guest today, Dwight DeCoster, who is director of the Champlain Valley OEO Weatherization Services. And uh, just before the break, um, we were we were – uh, interested in hearing the story, I guess I'd call it, which is someone needs this service, they, they apply, they are eligible. What happens next, Dwight? So, as you said, Chris, eligibility is one of the, the big hurdles, but we have a great staff uh, led by Sam and Deborah who will um, get everybody eligible. And then you, you're given a HWAP score, priority list, and once your turn comes up on the list, the first person you're going to see is an energy coach. And they're going to come out, and they're going to uh, look at the electrical side of your house, all of your electrical appliances, your lighting, um, all of that stuff. And they're going to use funds from Efficiency Vermont um, to change out if you need a new refrigerator or your refrigerator is not working correctly, if you have freezers that are energy pigs, um, your light bulbs. And uh, we're also talking, you know, if appropriate, cold climate, heat pumps and uh, heat pump hot water heaters. Um, all That's the first visit. And they're all, but that coach is also going to look at the electrical side and reduce that, but they're also a coach. They're going to make, uh, they're going to learn how you use your home. They're going to learn how you use your electrical energy. 
and they're going to coach you in ways that you can be more, your behavior or your habits can be uh, more energy efficient. Um, and then the second person they're going to see is they're going to come out with the energy auditor, and um, they are going to look at the thermal uh, efficiency of your home. How, how efficiently uh, does your furnace or boiler work? Um, what is your, the thermal boundary of your house, that outside layer of your house? How well does it hold in the heat through both air movement and, uh, you know, your, the insulation levels of your walls? And they're also going to look at the ventilation. We're looking at the leakiness of your house. And obviously, when you tighten up a house, you're going to keep more of the moisture in the house. And how do we deal with that moisture? What ventilation do we need to do that? Um, so that's another aspect. And then we're going to look at the health and safety of your combustion appliance. Make sure it's, A, efficient and, B, safe. Um, there's a lot of unsafe heating systems out there, and we replace uh, those that are unsafe um, if they can't be repaired. And uh, so then, then that auditor will come back, so write up a work scope, and this is a full house work scope. Uh, we do not allow clients to pick and choose um, the measures that we're going to install simply because if you do the air sealing, or the, excuse me, if you do insulation without proper air sealing, you're going to cause problems in your home with moisture and such. Which so hopefully our, our regular listeners will know that Jim and I harp on that all the time. Air sealing <laughs> is king. <laughs> it is. And, you know, I was in with the program before the advent of the blower door. When the first, my first go around with the program, and I had to relearn everything because of the blower door when I came back. So yep, diagnostics. Yeah, diagnostics, diagnostics, diagnostics. They do, you know, we spend about four to six hours, the energy auditor does in the home, doing all this testing and, and that sort of thing. So once the work scope is written, then you go into the production mode. Uh, we have, at this point right now, we have 12 crew installers, crews of either three or four. In houses, we're doing three to four projects at any one time, any given day. And those very highly trained individuals will go out and, and air seal and insulate and uh, look at your how you, the distribution of your heat. Is it, you know, is your return sealed? Do you have enough return? Do you have enough supply? Um, those sorts of issues. Uh, we use blown-in cellulose and blown-in fiberglass primarily. We use a lot of single-part foam, very little two-part foam in our in our organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you start to see we have clients that come back, our guys going the second day to start work on the second day, and the clients tell us, well, we've had to lower the, the temperature down because it's so hot in here. Or we had to learn how to make a smaller fire in, in this wood stove <clears throat> and such. Um, so Skills we want our now, people to have to work on, right? <laughs> lower your <laughs> thermostat. <laughs> yeah. And the final step, as we mentioned before, is that quality control, making sure that the crew chiefs and the crew installers haven't missed anything, everything, the auditors didn't miss anything, and everything is going to work the way we say it, you know, is that installed the way we said it was going to be. And most importantly, it's installed in, uh, it's done correctly by the technical manual standards. Right. So, right. Um, yeah. Well, we have a, a, a caller right now. I don't, I don't want to, uh, that, that I didn't want to interrupt your story because I wanted to get the whole story, but we have uh, Catherine in Moortown. Catherine, how can we help you today? Well, 
I wonder, these ideas are all good ideas, but where's the money? Because I had an energy audit a while ago, quite a few years ago, and they wanted me to change a refrigerator. They wanted me to change a stove, and I thought, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Show me the money. There, There is no question that... Uh that making uh, energy upgrades to your house cost uh, money um, up front. Um, and if that money is not there up front, then that is a burden for sure. Um, however, uh, if we look at the amount of energy that uh, an inefficient uh, stove or an inefficient refrigerator is using, um, that we can do a pretty straightforward uh, return on investment uh, calculation. But the upfront money, you're absolutely right, Catherine, that is a problem. However, for the CVOEO and the other OEOs, those measures are covered by the, uh, the money they get from the state and the federal government. Do I have that right? Dwight? Correct. As, as Catherine's issue, uh, question was about electrical appliances, and, and that those monies come from a Well, that was just one of the small issues. <laughs> I've got an old house, and it needs everything. Yep. Yep. That's well, a, Catherine, I, yep. I'd like you to uh, – you're in Moortown, so that's uh, covered by Capstone. Um, their eligibility requirements for our program would be on their website. And I don't have a website. Remember, I'm old. <laughs> well, we can get your phone number as well. Yeah. Yeah. Did you and, get it? And uh, Capstone, contact Capstone. And if you qualify, all of those things that come, at you, come to you with no cost to you. Catherine, maybe, I am... Maybe, Catherine, I, if you I, could, if after the call, if you could stay on the line with Joel and give Joel your number... Um, that way we can go ahead and make sure that you're put in contact with the organization. You know exactly who to talk to to see if you qualify for the program because there are, there are monies available to help with other measures inside the house. And if there are rebate monies for some of the appliances, we can help direct you in that, that area as well. I, I am going to jump in as the internet, uh, access person here and just give you the phone number. So, uh, Capstone Community Action, which is the organization that would cover your area. The phone number is 802-479-1053. And again, uh, 802-479-1053. Um, and, uh, Catherine, if you, if for some reason when you call that, uh, on Monday, cause obviously they're going to be closed, um, and you don't get through, please just call the station again and we'll make sure we get you that information, okay? Yeah, that, that's good. Okay, great. That well, sounds like progress. Yay. Well, thank you so much for your call and, uh, I hope you have a good rest of your weekend. Thank you. Yep. Hey, Dwight, the, the thing that's important here, as you mentioned when I was talking to you yesterday, is that the state is looking to expand the program, and not just by a little bit. They're looking to multiply and exponentially increase, but that needs people. As we were talking about earlier in the program, you need people to affect the changes, to do the work. And, you know, what would make in, in this whole time of uh, workforce shortages, you know, as, as far as individuals not trying to find employees, it's very difficult. How would a job with OEO be attractive? I mean, what are the, 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 the key things that a, a person looking to work there, um, what would they get out of it? What, what do you foresee? Because you have some longevity there and you have a career path. Could you, could you talk to that? Yep. Well, in my particular organization, I mean, I have, I mentioned Larry before, 36 years. Um, and I'm, as a six-year employee of CV, the CVO program, I'm, I'm one of the newbies in the program. Um, I have, I have Tim Page, who's been with us for 40 years. 
Um, a lot, most of my staff has been there 15 years or better. Um, and all these folks that I start, you know, Tim Page is an efficiency coach, but he's been, he's been an auditor and he's been other things. Larry is quality control. Um, Jeremy Francis, my tech team manager, um, these guys all started out on the crew. And one of the important things about our organization is that we want to know where you want to go. Um, we have a production track, which is folks that want to stay in the field, um, want to do the hands-on work of installing measures and, and, and supervising people that do that. But we also have a technical track, our efficiency coaches, our uh, um, energy audits, our tech team manager. Um, and some of our crew transfer uh, goes into the admin roles um, who do the eligibility and intake. Um, we have Deborah Jira who came to us through the Works for Women program many years ago, not many years ago, a few years ago. And she was on the crew, and she is now our intake specialist. Um, so you can start You start out in the field, and we like people to start out in the field simply because they can learn what we do. And there's three different tracks, production, there's admin, and then there's the tech side. Um, and as I said, you know, we, keep, we try to keep, move people forward as we can, and as you mentioned, um, probably mentioned that state of Vermont wants to do 90,000 homes in the next nine years. Wow. And low-income weatherization is going to play, the low-income weatherization program is going to play a huge role in that. We don't know what they're expecting of us, but they expect us, we are expanding as fast as we can. They want us to double in two years and then double again after that in the next five. Right. Um, so I'm thinking that, I'm going to be hiring somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 people over the next five years. And and the other OVOs, uh, OEOs in the state also. So we're talking about, you know, 250 to 300 new employment opportunities and advancement opportunities, learning building science, learning how you do it in the field, having an opportunity to grow in that organization or get those skills and go out and start your own company to do uh you know, market rate uh, renovations. I mean, the, the, the skills are transferable. Um, we have another call. I just want to jump to uh, James in Millbury. James, how can we help you today? Well, I'm a uh, foreman for a high-performance building company. Um, so I, I feel the pain you're talking about today on labor issues. Uh, but I have a real specific technical question. Sure. Um, so I guess... Uh, I have a circa 1987 home um, that has some forward-thinking things done in 1987 and had some um, backward-thinking things done, um, one of which is I have no ventilation, yep. uh, no bathroom vents, no uh, – my range hood just is a circulator. Yep. Um, the previous owner and the original builder felt that that was an energy bleed. Technically correct. <laughs> um, so I've been listening to you guys and having uh, uh, concerns about my indoor air quality. Okay. Um, and I have some smart folks I work with on a regular basis. Um, I'm at a point where I'd like to put in an ERV or HRV, but I don't have a conditioned space to put it in. Oh. I, I do have an unconditioned attic. And I get some conflicting information about whether I can do that. So, 
Well, well, the, the straight up answer is, of course you can. The, 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 the downside is that most of the, um, house size ERV systems are not designed to be housed outside. So your efficiencies would just be horrible. Right. right. Um, so uh, there are a couple of options there. One is to build a small room in your attic if there's enough room and put that inside the thermal envelope and have yep. that. So that's that's a straight up pretty simple way you can you can run your your supply and exhaust out your gable end. I don't know the shape of your house. I don't know if you have uh, a gable ends, but um, there there should be some way to get fresh air to and from the unit. Uh, but when you have a, a lack of space, if there is room in that attic, you can uh, actually extend your thermal envelope to create a space to house that unit. Yeah, that's, and ha- that's kind of the, the answer I've come up with myself is, you know, is uh, that that's the path of least resistance, I think. Yeah. Jim? Real, real quick, though, how, how big is the house? Um, it's about 1,800 square feet. Yeah. How many? 1,800. Eight- 1800. 1800. Okay, so what type of structure? Cape, federal, colonial? Um, it's a uh, it's a gabled, uh, you know, two story. Um, okay. Do you have slopes in the in the upstairs? Uh, it's got knee walls. Yep. Uh, and, yep. uh, so. oh, you could put the, put it in an e-wall. Um, but I think where Jim is going, I'll just jump in is we've talked a lot about, uh, retrofit ERVs like the, the Zender CA70, which is, yep. which does a room or the Lunos, which instead of having a whole house ventilator, one unit that's doing the whole house, you could do two or three of these smaller ventilators to increase your indoor air quality. Right. And as an example, I have two of the Zender Comfo, uh, Comfo Air or CA-70s. They're designed for 600 square feet each. I have basically a 2,800 square foot home. I run the indoor air quality monitor quite often, and I can tell the levels. And they function very well with a family of four, even though it's a larger square footage. I'm not advocating that, but I'm saying it does work. So a point source like that can work very well, but I think Dwight mentioned you might be able to capture a knee wall space. I think it's a great idea if you can get a unit to fit in there. The only challenge with the knee walls, if you're going to go with the whole house, is getting the rest of the duct yep. everywhere else. The <laughs> That's the challenge is, anywhere in the house, yeah. Right. Yes, but, right. but a point source is nice because it's one spot in the house wherever you install it is where the air exchange is going to happen. So that usually works out really well and it performs really well for us. So we certainly could talk to you more about that, Chris, if you, you know, if you, if we can direct them to the website yep. and we can have a further discussion and get them the resources if, if we could. Yeah. James, if you can send us an email to housecallsvt at gmail.com, I'd love to uh, dive a bit deeper into the specifics and the pros and cons of both of these strategies with you. Yeah, I can do that. Great. Thanks for calling. Very good. Thank you. Yep. Uh, and Dwight, we're, we're, we've got two minutes before the end of the show. So, um, uh, I think that, that you've been a great guest. I really appreciate the, the clarity, uh, that, that you use when you're explaining all of these bits, uh, the, the wealth of knowledge you have and your willingness to spend almost an entire hour chatting with us and our, and our, uh, our listeners about this. But how do we find you, Dwight? Before we go, how will the customer find you once again? Did we lose you? I, I think we might have lost Dwight. Are, are you there, Dwight? I'm here. Okay. How well, do we, we find found you? him. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was under a stack of papers in the corner. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, you can, the easiest way is go to cdoeo.org, um, and you'll find the weatherization page. 
Um, or you can email me directly at ddecoster at cboio.org. Perfect. And I want to say, uh, although I didn't mention this earlier, my birthday was uh, uh, this past week, the 4th of January. And for my birthday, if you, the listeners, wanted to donate money to the uh, the CVOEO or any of the Office of Economic Opportunities um, through their Share a Little Warmth program, that would warm my heart. So I, I – uh, if you're uh, thinking, boy, Chris could use a, uh, you know, a $10 donation to the warmth program, then, then you're absolutely right. And I would, I would certainly appreciate that. Um, so we're coming up to the end of the show. Dwight, so, thank you so much for, for taking yeah, your no. time out and spending uh, your, your Saturday early afternoon with us. Hey, anytime. I love it. I love coming on the radio. Great. And uh, Jim, it's uh, it's kind of weird not having you in the studio. Hopefully next week you'll be uh, uh, back in the studio. And if not, we'll do this again. This worked out quite well. Um, anybody? Yeah, I thought so. yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, <laughs> it wasn't for your birthday, but for over the holidays, I, I got gifted uh, COVID. But uh, you can't return it. You can only re-gift it. And that's the unfortunate <laughs> part about it. So, um Certainly, I'll be looking forward to being back in the studio, hopefully next weekend, and being in front of you. Yeah, and and uh, so we wish you all a, a speedy recover there, Jim. Uh, once again, Thank you. Uh, we uh, our uh, email is housecallsvt at gmail dot com. If you're interested in participating in the indoor air quality survey, we still have spots. We're going to be running this through March. Uh, you can send us an email there. And until next week, this is Chris West. And Jim Bradley. For House Calls Vermont, have a great week. House Calls Vermont has been brought to you by R.K. Miles, a third-generation family-owned business, proud to be your local building material supplier. Find a location near you at rkmiles.com. By Wytha Windows, high-performance passive house windows and doors. Find Wytha Windows online at wythewindows.com. By Poly Construction, for over 30 years known for anything construction, big or small jobs. One call does it all. P-O-L-L-I construction.com. By Ken Libby of the Stowe Area Group, for over 30 years known for anything construction. Ken Libby at Stowe Area Realty, your trusted advisor at 802-793-2002. By Curtis Lumber with two locations in Vermont, Williston and Burlington. Request a quote for your next project online at curtislumber.com. Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber with locations in St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton, Derby, and Middlesex. By Shamrock Painting, painting and custom wood finishing, shamrockpainting.com. And by Matt Clark's Northern Basement Systems for all things basementy. NorthernNEFoundations.com. Be sure to join us next Saturday at 1230 during the noon hour for House Calls Vermont on WDEV.